We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fresh, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley to answer some listener questions on the podcast today. Got a bunch of good ones from Twitter. I'm sure we'll answer a bunch from the live chat as well. If you're not on YouTube, highly recommend you hop over there and watch us to get in on the live chat action sure to like and subscribe to the video as well as that helps us out a bunch all right let's jump into this thing we'll get to our our main title question in a little bit but i do want to start off with some other questions that we are getting uh asked quite a bit about the first being the avs prospects and and mostly alex newhook and his opportunities to potentially play with the colorado avalanche this season obviously at the two-point night the other night we talked about it a little bit there but i think the reality is that no even in the playoffs he's unlikely to find a spot in the avalanche roster yeah let's first things first is he has to take care of business with the eagles yep um you know his first game was you know, a fine. It it was very obviously an adjustment for him. Yep. Second game, way more of what you are expecting to see uh, from from New Hook, but it has to, like it has to continue. 
He has yeah. to keep doing that because, look, I tell you, if he if he rolls along at two points per game in the AHL, he'll get called up for sure. Uh, like you'll just find a way. That's the easy route, right? He destroys the AHL. He forces their hand. They use the last, I don't know, 10 games of the regular season, 10 days of the regular season, somewhere in there to try and find a spot for him in the lineup. Or they even just have him up and practicing with the team and like doing their thing. Yep. Um, that's it's it starts with him though before it it long before it becomes another frustration point with avalanche management for sure he's got to do his thing and then even then though where do you put him you know nazim nazim kadri struggles aren't such that you're gonna put him in you're not gonna like take kadri out of your lineup and put new hook in you're not gonna drop kadri in your lineup and put new hook in None of that is going to happen. I don't care how much faith you have in Alex Newhook as a prospect. You can think he's the hottest (laughs) prospect in the world right now. You don't drop prospects in the into the top six in the NHL. It's incredible, particularly on a team as good as the Avalanche. On competitive teams, you don't do that. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon started his career on the third line. Yeah, well, and he was eighteen. You know, kids, definitely a little different there. Like kids sure. that are kids that are twenty years old, twenty one years old. You know, you'll you'll see a little bit of variety. You know, when when Cole Caulfield hits the Canadiens, there will probably he will probably be at very worst a middle sixer. But, but you, you'll even see in Cole Caulfield's debut, whatever you want to call it. He'll get extremely sheltered on the defensive oh, side yeah. of the puck. Like but. they will they will force him to earn some level of trust in yeah. certain situations. There's no doubt. Uh, with with New Hook, like he's just there to at the moment, there's just not an obvious fit for him. Yep. Especially with the addition of Soderberg, who could kind of just be the Swiss Army knife for them. And that's my hope is that that's exactly what he becomes and not like uh oh, he's gonna play on this line all the time and you know, when, when there are already combinations for the avalanche that are working nicely. For sure. So uh, with New Hook, again, it starts with him. He's got to do it at the AHL level first. Yep. And the chances that he is so good that they have to call him up, they're just not great. Let me ask it to you this way. What is the higher chance that New Hook, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, what is the higher chance that Newhook plays with the Avs this year or that Newhook is not on the starting lineup opening night next year? The second one is the higher chance. Yeah. I agree. And look, where Newhook stands going into next season is largely going to depend on what he does with the Eagles this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they'll be training camp and all of that to make those decisions. Yep. But well, in an off season where you know somebody gets lost to expansion, they're yep. going to have some real. They're for the first time they're going to have serious financial constraints put on them. Um, just with re-signing some of their own guys, they're going to have to make decisions. Somebody's going to have to. Somebody's going to walk. Yep. Um, or or they're going to have to 
move assets to hold on, save money, whatever, trade right, trade right. contracts, whatever. Like, yeah. there's gonna have to there's gonna be a shakeup coming this this offseason, no matter what. For sure. So no, no doubt. Um, but to be honest, injuries injuries won't play a major role in getting new hook in there. There would have to be a number of injuries. It, you're they're already they're already. I I think look if Kadri's the guy that gets hurt, there a is a temptation. There is a temptation. But if it's like a if Belmar gets hurt, you're not going to replace that guy with a new hook. It would be fun. I would be excited about it, but it would be too easy for them to just move Comfer into that spot and then play one of the many wing guys that they have available to them. Yeah. One of the they have so many options on the wings that they with new hook, it's like he's just going to be down that list. Yeah, it's. New Hook hasn't proven to be a franchise-altering talent. There's a world where he could be, but he hasn't proven it yet. And since he hasn't proven it yet, it would be hard to justify calling him up even ahead of, say, a Martin Cow. So, well, and and not even—I mean, we're not even getting into that, but. Look, Kiefer Sherwood and right. Liam O'Brien. And, that's just, I'm trying to explain, like, that's how far down the chart that he is. It, yeah. I mean, where exactly he is on that chart, some of that will be determined by how he plays. Certainly but not set in stone, yeah. You have to feel like there's probably three or four guys before you even get to Alex Newhook. <laughs> and if and look, if Cout and Bowers or Cout or Bauer, I mean, if those guys are ahead of Newhook, then you really are getting into the depth at that yep. point uh a super chat from evan says i'm trying to get my girlfriend to like mm-hmm. hockey problem is she's from texas how do i say to her that it's a bad decision to become a dallas stars fan that's just what you tell her you show <laughs> her you show her stars history uh and you say last year was a comical anomaly um, and you kind of shrug and move on all right Explain to her that, you know, all the pain across the United States that is caused by the Dallas Cowboys. The stars, the stars will do the exact same thing without all of the fanfare and hype around the team. It's just they'll hurt you and no one will care. So that's my take on it. Uh Next question that was asked by a couple of people on Twitter as well. The future of Philip Grubauer. We've talked about this a handful of times on the show, so we'll probably keep it pretty brief. But obviously, there's no reason for Grubauer to sign a contract before hitting free agency. Um, Certainly no reason for him to sign a contract before the offseason. Yeah, sure. Given the way he's played, especially. So it's very... Very much the ball is in Grubauer's court here, right? Like, I'm sure the Avs would love to sign him to a four and a half, five million dollar deal for the next three, four years, whatever. But there's no reason for Grubauer to do that, <laughs> given the comparables that are out there. If you let me let me ask this, if because I know this will mostly be a wasted conversation because. It's not realistic, but if you could, instead of giving him $6 million over three years, four years, 
would you rather give him a say a seven year deal at four and a half million and trade the length? Boy, that's tough. At at four and a, like four and a half is the right number to ask that question on because at four I think you do it. it the extra five hundred k is definitely a little stickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven years. Seven years for a guy that's already in his thirties. He he's thirty, right? Uh, I think I think he actually turns thirty this year. Okay. So he's not like 32. He's not going to be 40 at the end of that deal, but he won't be young. I'll just double check. Yeah, he's 29, turns 30 this year. Oh, he turns 30 in November. So it's so he'd be 37 at the end of the deal. Yeah, okay. Still. And, and at four and a half, it's like when the cap starts going up and... Yeah, I mean, you get through the flat cap era, like four and a half could be a pretty small number for a starting goaltender. And you're banking on what you you get four quality years out of that. Is that value? Let's say four like high end years, like yeah. four years, like what they're getting right now, of like nine twenty five and, and yeah. above or something. Yeah, like. And then anything after that, any like true starter quality that you get after that, let's say is gravy, this bonus you're yeah. having. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd do it at four and a half. I think I, I also think that I would be very tempted, but I think I would pass. I think I've I think I have come to terms with my hard and fast rule of you don't sign goaltenders. Just accept it. Go get the next diamond in the rough or guy that can't find the starting position or whatever. Yeah. Yep. My my solution, and and I don't do this for the meaning, it's I call Washington. <laughs> because they're going to have an expansion draft problem with yeah. Vitek Vanacek and Sam Sonov. Um, they've got a problem. Yeah. And instead of letting Seattle solve that problem for him, I would try and grab one of those guys and make him the starter. It's one way to go about it. Not, sure. not, not just like to go back to the Washington well, because <laughs> they've done it twice now. Hey, look, but if, just if an organization it, pumps out quality goalies, it, they pump out quality goalies. It just it just has it just it, it they just have like Vanacek is I think 25. Um right. I think Samsonov is a year younger. So yeah. it's I mean you're it's either that or you know you see what you could do. You know, maybe maybe you try and trade for Varley again because they're gonna have to try and make a serious commitment to Sorokin. Like they're gonna have they're gonna have an issue with that tandem and paying it and the money and everything that they've got. Um, the Islanders the Islanders are gonna struggle to to bring back that tandem because um, Sorokin's gonna be I mean he's he's an RFA but at twenty five like they're gonna have to give him real money right away. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you call them up and you see what's up with Varley because he only has two years left at $5 million. Definitely. 
you're not committing to anything too crazy with that for sure. Um, okay. We can do one more question here in period one. We'll, uh, we'll keep it simple. Kyle asks, where did Ranton's nickname Moose originate from? As far as I know, it comes from a story where when Miko finally signed his contract in the preseason last year, uh, Jared Bednar talked to, I believe it was Landeskog on the bench, uh, and told him that uh, the big Moose is back. Yeah. So that was the origin point of at least to the public knowledge of Miko's nickname of big moose. Yeah. I don't know how long the, uh, the locker room has been calling him that. But... I had never heard him referred to as a big moose in the locker room. <laughs> so, <laughs> a very spur of the moment, uh, a nickname for Miko on that one. Uh, yeah. All right. We can take our first period break there as we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You can head on over there. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get your opportunity to turn $1 into $100. Bet on any NBA team to win their game and hit a single three-pointer in that game. If they do that, you win $100 in bets. So jump on it right now. There's that great deal. There's a bunch of other amazing deals at DraftKings Sportsbook, whether it be hockey, basketball, baseball, football, cycling, tons of other sports as well. They have you covered with all the bets that your heart desires. Again, use that DNVR code when you get there to get the odds boosts and let them know that we sent you over there for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We are also brought to you by Gabby Insurance. If you're looking for a little money to throw over to DraftKings, you can use Gabby to save a ton on your home and auto insurance. They, on average, will save users $961, and I think everyone that has used it in the DNVR community has saved at least a couple of hundred bucks, and in some cases, well over $1,000. So it's a great way to just take a look and see. You can sign up and get checked by Gabby completely free to see where you can save money on home and auto insurance. That's gabi.com slash DNVR. Again, Support us, support our partners. You know the drill. Check them out for free and save yourself a bunch of cash. Of course, another thing you can spend that cash on is a membership to us here at DNVR. Bunch of amazing articles and tons of beats to talk about for DNVR. You get a bunch of free shirts, which, by the way, a couple people have been asking about it. The four Norrisman shirts just came in today. They've been a little delayed, but they're getting shipped out today, so... Can, uh, you can expect your amazing t-shirts very, very soon here. If you haven't bought a Four Norseman t-shirt, go check it out. They're pretty cool. I will I will say that. One of our best shirts, in my opinion. Either way, DNVR. We're pretty cool. I like us. I hope you like us, too, if you're listening to this. So maybe, you know, consider supporting us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, since we were talking about us, we can let's let's answer this question now. Uh, talking Avs Pucks asks, why is there no DNVR Rapids? Or at least a DNVR Soccer if you don't want to cover MLS, things like European leagues, etc. Um, some of it is tepid interest. Yeah. Um, just think about the Rapids, like... You know, yep. um, 
it's just not it's just not something that like it's it's something we absolutely want to get to one of these days you know like we took the plunge on we we didn't feel like we could cover CU without also covering CSU yep and that has ruffled the feathers of some at DU and Air Force. Yep. But we would like to cover those, you know, like we, you know, we would love to have some sort of DU coverage and to slowly expand that web out into other things. I would say for right now, you know, the mammoth, we'd love to cover the mammoth too. Yep. That would be some, it's also something that we would love to do, but if you're gonna give if you're gonna give somebody a full-time job covering yep. that organization, you know, more than four people have to subscribe to read it. Right. You know, like there's it, only a finite amount of resources exactly that any, and, any company has to do things. And at the end of the day, a business can't just be sinking money and yeah. things that aren't profitable <laughs> like let's be honest right like we have to kind of pick and choose our spots still you know while we've enjoyed a, a great deal of growth over the last couple of years uh you know our staff has, has expanded greatly like we'd love to we'd love to get into this stuff but it's a lot of you know what are we what are we spending time on what are we getting out of it Etc. 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 Businesses have to make choices. You know, we still have to. We still have to. We still have to make enough money to to pay the people that we already have. So, yep. We'll see. It's there. Those are all things that we absolutely want to get to, though. For sure. Bigger and uh, better as we hopefully continue to grow. Oh yeah. And I have to resist the temptation to take the mammoth job myself because I'm. On staff, probably the biggest legit lacrosse fan. So uh, I, I don't even think it's that close. I, I'm, you never know, but I don't think it like is either. Trying to, th- I'm thinking like other beats that we would have. You for lacrosse, Dre. I think did the Rapids for a little while way he did. back when. Yeah, he did the Rapids. Uh, but he would be the biggest football fan, I think, on the squad. Yeah. You could give me the esports beat, but that that's not really Colorado related. Um, we, I mean, how many times have we talked about that? Yeah, we would love to get some love type of to have an esports, esports coverage. Yeah, a, a DNVR esports team where we have them. You know, where we invest in they. We have teams across different esports. You know, yep. you have a. CSGO, CSGO team. <laughs> you have a StarCraft. Yeah, hold uh, on. We're not gonna, we're not gonna waste money on that. <laughs> Dead game. Why you gotta say that shit? <laughs> but no, those we we have dreams on where we are going to expand coverage. It's just about the realities of what's feasible and when it's feasible, for the most part. And yeah, the Cronkies do have an Overwatch team. That's they're the oh, I forget which team it was. I want to say that's Dallas's or something, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the Overwatch League is also not doing very well, but Overwatch Two, yep, someday, <laughs> dude. Among Us, just DNVR Among Us would still be dope. 
that's something that we need to just do once this season's over and we have yeah. free time again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should immediately switch into esports as soon as the ads end. Like right. take a week off and then esports. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, this one is pretty straightforward from Mike. After the acquisitions, who are your round one starters on defense? We've mentioned this before. Obviously, McCarr, Taves, Gerard. They're locked into the lineup no matter what. You went out and got Nemeth. You throw him in graves. That leaves one spot, which expectations are assuming health. Byram. Yep. And to play off of that question, and this, I, w- I want to take a little bit of a longer outlook on this as well. Uh, but there is a question from someone from DB. Nope, that's the wrong person. Sorry, from another Kyle, different Kyle. Other if, Kyle. Yeah, other Kyle. If Timmons shows well, any chance he overtakes Byram's spot and more longer term, is there a realistic way that he gets into the Avs top six as an everyday player? Um, first question, no. There isn't really any chance that Timmons overtakes Byram. Byram showed way too well defensively as a teenager. Yep. Um, and given given the results and the strength of Colorado's defense and producing offense, the fact that they just don't need Bowen Byram to, to produce points for them is spectacular. Yep. It really shows you what they've been able to do. But his his level of defense was exceptional. It was I, very, very good. Yeah, I think that's the most exciting thing. Because I remember, AJ, you were digging into this a couple weeks ago. And yes, it's a small sample size for Byron, of course. But it's like, Yeah, it's like, what, 14 games yeah, or something? But the numbers he's put up in those 14 games, this isn't a situation of, oh, those are really good defensive numbers for a 19-year-old. Those are just really good defensive numbers for any NHL defender. Yep. So <laughs> Byram is in a role that works excellently for the Avs when he's healthy. 19 games played. Byram's Corsi is 56. Uh, his expected goals four percentage is 52. Scoring chance four percentage is 54. High danger chance percentage is only is the only bad one. At forty eight point eight nine percent. Yep. And in the raw numbers, it's forty four four, uh, forty six against. So pretty close. Um, and a and a PDO that suggests he's been just a hair unlucky with the offense. Uh, Rock solid. And uh predictably sheltered you know yeah yeah of course 59 ozone starts and such but it also just matched the eye test he was really good defensively he got back defensively he broke plays up wonderfully his recovery was great uh and when he didn't need his recovery his ability to move pucks out of his own zone it was on a stick and off byram was for a 19 year old byram was really really impressive and if he was playing on a different team in a bigger role and had he stayed healthy, I think he absolutely, and he was producing those kinds of underlying numbers, he would be an analytics darling and the internet would be all over him. Yep. 
but because he's just more of the same on Colorado's absurd defense. <laughs> while they are while they are a possession powerhouse. Elite is just another one of the guys on the FC yeah. core. <laughs> it, it really like he's just another one of the dudes that rolled in there and like is producing absurd numbers. Yep. So Timmins Timmins I don't think um Timmins will outplay him, but I can Timmins find a spot in the long-term top six? I think absolutely yes. I just don't know what it looks like. Like, next year, assume that they don't lose anybody in expansion off the defense. Sure. Just just for argument's sake. Sure. And on the left side, you'll have some combination. Taves, Gerard, uh, Byram, and Graves, and then on the right side, you have McCarr. Johnson is still around, and Timmons. Yeah. Well, some decisions will obviously have to be made and move some things around, but that's that's kind of the depth chart. And Jacob McDonald will also still be under contract, so he'll be involved. So we'll just we'll just see. You know, he needed he needs more nights like last night where he gets into the lineup and he shows well. He gives the he gives the staff a, a reason to, to play him again. back in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, because he low key Timmons had played like sixteen or seventeen games, something like that, and he just hadn't done a lot. In most of those games, he just didn't do very much. Yep. And he started to look a lot better and then he got hurt again. Yeah. Yep. Which is always the story with him. So well, then, I mean, it's a it's a consequence of chances too, right? Because Timmons gets hurt, and then along comes Jacob McDonald, who looks like a man possessed in his call up opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality <laughs> of the NHL is, you only get so many chances at the can to prove that you have it. Yeah. Now Timmons is young; he'll get plenty of more chances. I'm not worried about that. In fact, I think he'll be an HLD on a, at least a handful of teams in the league yeah. right now. Well, and to be honest, I think he's going to be a coveted name in the summer. Which brings me to my next question from TB, or rather DB. I can say letters uh, for next season. Start, keep, trade. Bowers, Count, and Timmons. You said start. Start meaning NHL roster opening night, okay. keep, meaning still in the organization, and trade, meaning trade. And those, what, what was the list? Bowers, Kaut, and Timmins. Uh, Kaut's in the NHL. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. I agree. Um, Bowers is my keep, and Timmins is my trade. Yep. That's Timmins, is, Timmins is my, you attach a nice prospect to a contract that you're comfortable losing. And you move him to a team for I don't know what, honestly. Um something for the piece term, of hits, right? Yeah. Something long term, whatever. Yeah. You know, maybe that's maybe that's how you entice Washington to give you a goaltender again. And that's how you want to solve your problem in that. You know, you you offer up a young def- defender like Timmons and go from there. I don't know. But I think Timmons is the kind of guy that there's going to be a lot of interest around him in the summer. I think that the ads are going to be tempted. 
at least explore think, options. Yeah. yeah, I think there will be opportunity for them to do something big um, revolving around Timmons. Something, maybe not something like big, but something meaningful. Yep. Um, next question <clears throat> comes from Joey. Ranch or blue cheese, AJ? Ranch. All right. We don't have to fight. Glad we're in agreement on that. I like blue cheese on the occasional thing, but too many times I've had like weird experiences with blue cheese where I'm just like, well, this overpowered everything and this became a blue cheese meal. I feel like weird is the exact correct word for blue cheese. Yeah. Because in my experience, some blue cheese is fine, but if you get too much blue cheese, it starts to taste kind of bad. Well, it just, for me, it just overpowers stuff. Yeah. It's a dominant flavor. And so if you get too much of it, you're just like, oh, what else am I eating? What else is in here? Because all I'm tasting is blue cheese. So, you know, with ranch, I'm I'm good. (laughs) I don't get that reference. So, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, ranch. Sorry, ranch. The, the thing with ranch, though, is that like there's no high end, right? Like you're never yeah. like you, there's no. Oh this is God. the pinnacle of taste. Yeah, this ranch is incredible. Like it is your perfect. It is your safe option. Yep. It is. It is the thing that you do when you're just like, well, got some wings here, and would like would like to dip it into something, right? Totally safe. So. Ranch. ranch. Also, you can dipping pizza into ranch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. It's good. It's not nope. something I started doing until like the last couple of years, and it was just like, yeah. And that's the other thing. Ranch way more versatile than blue cheese. Definitely. Blue cheese has like a lane that it lives in, and ranch is like, ah, just put me on whatever. It's fine. Try it with these twelve different things and see how it goes. <laughs> Oh man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we can take our second period break there. Brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can try it now and get 25% off when you use code DNVR25 for your first purchase. Also, check out the DNVR bar. They have Strava Cold Brew on tap there as well. It's not a tap, it's in a fridge because, you know, it's cold brew. But yeah, you know, Strava Craft. Go give them a try, support them. They're dope. CBD's dope. Also brought to you by Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the big business for a very long time, and they'll get you a great rate, yes, but also Mike is a certified financial planner, so he will look at your entire picture when it comes to getting the right home loan for you. They're small, family-owned, local, you know, kind of like us here at DNVR. So you can reach them at dnvrmortgage.com, or you can sign up for a free consultation and your chance to win a free dnvr piece of merch why not just do it for the free stuff you can also call virginia directly at 303-257-6578 michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 and last but certainly not least we are having a dnvr rugby beat for a while now the colorado xo's 
did you just stub your toe again? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, don't be like AJ. Check out the Colorado Exos not stub their toes. They're currently 3-1, and one, and their concept is taking players from different backgrounds, including football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field, athletes with the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby and giving them a try on one of the biggest stages, at least in American rugby. Uh, so check them out today at rugby town USA. That's down in Glendale at infinity park. You can check them out at infinity park at Glendale.com. Go figure and see him go follow the DNVR rugby account account on Twitter. Colton Strickler does amazing content regularly and behind the scenes talking to these guys. He actually also- has breaking news today. Bam, look at that. I don't so know. Today's what a good day. Is. Today's a good day to start that up. So there you go. Go find out whatever the breaking news is for the DNVR rugby beat and the whole rugby situation here in Colorado. It's an awesome place to pick up rugby. They have the United States national team. They work here in Colorado. So it's a pretty darn high level stuff. I was really surprised at what a big deal rugby was in Colorado. Yeah. It's like surprising. Well, I mean, we talked about like we, earlier in the show. You know, we talked about the Rapids and other beats right. and stuff. But there's like, there's more uptick for rugby than any of that stuff. Yeah, finding finding out that the rap or that the that the rugby there was so much with the rugby when it was the Raptors and then it was the national team. So yep. now we're in the world with the XOs. What up? Yeah third period of this dnvr avalanche podcast let's get to the uh the title of the show i think the most interesting question we got today or rather it became the most interesting question i we've we've answered the main question before that comes from Steve. i'm assuming that's steve spelled with a p for some reason uh when listening to the broadcast last night altitude mentioned that there had been no better passing winger than tangay do you see the abs retiring number 40 uh i I think both AJ and I agree that the answer to that is no. Tenge is very much a Hall of Very Good Player, and he spent yep. barely over half of his career with Colorado. Uh, it's He doesn't really hit any of the landmarks that would signify him as a player that should have his number retired by the organization. But that brings me to the question of what are some of those milestones that you think are deserving of a number retirement, because you look at Colorado's retired numbers. First of all, you have Ray Bork. That's a very specific case. And I'm on record saying, I don't think the abs should have retired his number. To be honest, that's a, that's the majority opinion. Yeah. I, it's not unusual to, to think that. And then you have <clears throat> Forsberg, Sackett, three hall of fame players, easy retirements mm-hmm. in the case of Sackick spent his entire career with this organization. Forsberg spent all of the good years of his career with this organization. Patrick Waugh, the greatest goaltender ever, helped him to win two Stanley Cups. Then you have the two more interesting conversations of Milan Hayduk and Adam Foote. <clears throat> Franchise icons. Right. Milan Hayduk, kind of the avalanche version of Shane Doan. That type of guy. The played his Hall- entire career here. Yep. But an all timer played the whole career in one spot. Was captain. Um, lived through all the good and bad. 
the only player in Avs history to play a thousand games because <laughs> tactic games are technically with Quebec to get to that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, that leads the team in a handful of statistics. That it, anything that isn't led by Sakic or Forsberg is led by Hayduk, basically. Yeah. Um. So that one I think makes perfect sense to me, and and same thing with with foot to a certain extent for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avs saw a great defenseman come through in Blake and Bork, but Adam Foote was Colorado's defenseman, right? Yeah. So well, he was on both cup winning teams. Um, an, an icon, also a captain later in his career, you know, came back and, yep. you know, just was one of those, one of those guys, you know, was integral to, to the highest level of success. And I don't know, just just uh, again, like a franchise icon. So it, I guess my question is, how do you quantify that? Because uh, I'm already seeing someone in chat here talk about shouldn't the only numbers be retired are the ones in the Hall of Fame? Mm, no. And, and I would agree with you on that. I, I have no problems with both Hayduk and Foot's number being retired for the Avalanche, but yeah, I think you, those are I think those are both easy yeses, right? I, I, those are those are among the best player, like up until up until this current group. Yep, Adam Foot's the best defenseman in Avalanche history, as far as long term Avs players. Sure. Yeah, you know, like obviously Blake and Bork, I think were better. I think it's easy to say they were better NHL players, but not better abs. Yep. You know, Blake they 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 were they were they were fine. So because here's <laughs> they were fine. They, it, they each it, had top three finishes for the Norris and won a Stanley Cup together. Uh, like pretty good, pretty good stuff. But again, where do you quantify the line? Because you and I both agree that no, Tangay's number shouldn't be retired. Yeah. So it's somewhere in between franchise icon and Hall of Very Good Player. Yeah, like look, say if look, if if Alex Tangay had played his entire career in yep. Colorado and still had the same success, a thousand games played, eight hundred points scored, he'd be he'd be retired. Yep. But he moved on. He didn't easily play, he didn't play for the Evs for a significant portion of that. So <laughs> like easily Tangay would have been a retired number, but as it was, I mean, just under 600 games played with the Avs, just under 500 points with the Avs. You're talking about Landeskog, like, yeah, basically I, Landeskog's career. I, I think, yeah. The, if so, if, assume Landeskog never plays another game for the Avs after this. Does and he that's, get that's it. Yeah. But he has, he also has no cups, no, like, no, he won the Calder, but that yeah. was it. Yep. Do, do you, would you retire Gabe Landeskog's jersey today? No. That, Absolutely not. The same kind of comparison. Paul Stasny has very similar numbers. Yeah. To what Alex Tange did in Colorado. And there's no way anyone's retiring Paul Stasny's number, right? He would have been on that again had he stayed. Right, that's what I'm had, saying. If his entire career is in Colorado, it's a different conversation. Yeah, but, you have a different conversation for the guy that plays 1,200 games for you. Yep. But as it is, it's an easy like no. You're like no, I'm not. You're you're talking about 
nobody will ever get to wear that jersey again. Right. Barring barring a very special, like when Peyton Manning it, came to Denver kind of exception. Yep. You know, like something, like something another absurd. like Hall of Fame level player. <laughs> like a, like an, like like I'm saying, like a very special ex- exception it's here. Father son kind that, of situation. That number <laughs> never gets worn again in in your franchise's history. Yep. You know, and assuming that hockey is still around 150 years from now, ain't gonna be know, no numbers left if you're retiring those dudes. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to be a little picky about some of these numbers that you retire. You know, like Valerie Kamensky was great, but no, the answer is obviously no. Eric Johnson, the answer is obviously no. Yep, and that's like EJ's been a great av, but the, you know. Maybe had he stayed healthy and he at least got to rack up like games played, Even but then it'd be tough. Like, and and as the chat is mentioning here, it's it's impossible to take out the qualitative part of it because EJ was the face of a defense when the Avs were awful. Yeah, and it you can't really separate the two, despite EJ not being an awful player by any means. He was the best defender for them for years, for by a long shot, but it's hard to detach from the hockey team around the player a lot of the time as well. Yeah. And like, it sucks, you know, for EJ that they're finally good just as he kind of got old on them. Yeah. But like Eric, Eric Johnson's second in the abs among defensemen in games played. Yep. And he's almost 200 behind Adam foot still. It's not because of the injuries, because he just so much time was lost. You know, I'm, I don't know if if EJ like finishes out his career in Colorado, like say he finishes out the current contract and then say he plays another three or four years after that. All he has to do is play to his 40s and then maybe it's a conversation. I (laughs) I just don't. You know, but I just don't see a route where Eric Johnson gets his number retired. He just didn't have that high. Yep. You know, even if even if even if the the guy wins a Stanley Cup and actually like plays and say he plays out his contract, the Avs win a Stanley Cup next year. He plays in it and he skates the cup around and all that. Right? Amazing moment for him. All good and well. He's like their fourth or fifth best defenseman on that team. Yep. You know, at that point, like he's he's compromised enough as a player where he's not like the star, the face of it. I just EJ, like the ship sailed. Yep. Santa Sozalinch, not it's, particularly it's, yeah, close. Like, it's Santa Sozalinch, like 300 games played yep. in Colorado. Like, no, the answer is no. You, I don't. <laughs> You have to understand that, like, a player like Peter Forsberg is an extreme anomaly. Right. I mean, you're talking, well, and so, like, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Watt are three of the top probably 20 to 30 players of ever, all time. Ever, yeah. And and I say Peter Forsberg specifically because people look at him and say, oh, well, you know, he only played, what, 550 games for the Avs or something? And... Yes, he didn't have longevity in his career, but there is a case that he was 
the best player in the world during the peak of his career. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon has 20 more games played. Yep. As an Av than Forsberg did. So. And the funny part is, is that Forsberg has 150 points on it. Right. And that's why Peter Forsberg's in the Hall of Fame and retired, despite not having that longevity. (laughs) Well, and like Forsberg, Forsberg went into the Hall of Fame with one of the lower games played thresholds because he was just that good. Yeah. He was that, he was just a special talent. Yep. You know, funny enough, same thing with Eric Lindros. <laughs> yep. But yep. like the, those guys, it's, it's easy. And you look at the current team and you can see paths for them. For sure. Like you can see like Nathan McKinnon is easily, easily on the Hall of Fame track, yeah. If he gets to his, and if he signs the next contract, and let's just assume that it's an eight-year deal, his next deal is an eight-year deal, and he plays until he is 34, 35 years old, and he continues at this kind of pace for the next couple of years. Then eventually he slows down and chills out because he gets old and stops being such a dominant skater and all that stuff, right? And he seriously threatened Sackick's 1,015 points with the ads. Yep. Like, you have to think that he's going to seriously threaten that. Uh, yeah, I. He is I absolutely he is a great opportunity to hold every offensive record for the team by the time. Exactly. <laughs> like, and and you even if he does not make that, even if he say he. Say he gets to 950 points or something, and he retires. Yep. And say there's at least one cup in there. Yeah. His his jersey's getting retired. It's it's a lock. It's a lock for sure. Like, his jersey is getting retired. Yep. Now, Landis Gog, I think we actually talked about this on a a post-game podcast a couple weeks ago, but... Landis Gog's another one where I think that was like three months ago, but yeah, all time an all time Av. Yep. You if know, he signs this next deal to stay in Colorado for the next five years or whatever. Yeah, only plays he he has a very Hadoukian career. Yeah, he plays a thousand games with the team. He scores seven eight hundred points. He's captain that entire, his entire time. time. Yeah, he wins one or two cups. Like yes, he is like ninety two. Will go in the rafters. Yep. Yes. The answer is yes. Yep. And then, like, you get into okay. Well, what about Kill Makar? Kill Makar again. Obviously, is on that path. It's very, very, very early. That, there are a lot of injuries to go. You're right. That's there's a, a talk lot of longevity of, there. But it's it's easy. It's easy to see where Kill Makar is headed. The interesting ones are Ranton and Gerard. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think Rantanen's that interesting. I well, he's. I would again say it's on that track. He's he is very quickly drifting from. It was interesting to this is a lock if he stays healthy territory. He just has to keep it up, man. Yep. Like no pressure. You just have to be a point per game player for the next six years. <laughs> yeah, I know it's easy to say that, but. Uh, Gerard, I think, is extremely interesting, though. Gerard is going to be the one where, like, you look at defenseman numbers already with Sam Gerard, okay? Yep. 
And this is also – they have one I'm, – I'm just going to say it, They have one real jersey retired on defense, and that's Adam Foote. Yep. Sam Gerrard is ninth in scoring in, among, in, in Avalanche history. Okay? Ninth. Already, he's one point behind Marty Skula, so probably going to pass that. Next year, he passes Brett Clark. And then, you know. And then a ways to go to some and, bigger names. And yeah. then and then he starts to get into the Blake Johnson foot Ozelinch chase. Yep. Blah 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 blah. As long as he finishes, as long as he finishes his contract out, he probably passes. He probably passes Tyson Berry. Yep. I think so. In points. You know, he still has 200 points to go, so there's some projection there. But look, if he becomes a 50-point guy, he passes Tyson Berry. Comfortably, yeah. <laughs> Comfortably, and it becomes it becomes a showdown. Him versus Makar. Who's gonna Who's gonna end up with the record at the end? Who stays the longest? Right. Yep. Who's gonna have the longevity? Because if you look at it, Sam Gerrard already 18th amongst Avs defensemen in games played. 260 now. 261 is not like a ton, but again, consider his age. Consider the fact that he is signed for. The next six seasons already. <laughs> yep. And we're not even having the like next next conversation chat about that, right? Like yep. you're you're already like he's signed through his 20s. His next deal is when he's 30 years old, basically. So he's gonna pass all these guys. Like I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to assume that no lockouts and no more pandemics. No more bullshit to end NHL seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 492 games starting next year. He can play 492 games possible in the in, in his contract. And there's a very real possibility that he plays all of those based yeah, like on his track record. He's already got the Iron Man thing going on. So. Yeah. He's got 261 games played right now. Let's just assume he doesn't play any more this year. That puts him at 753. That leaves him seven shy of Adam Foot. Yeah. So as soon as as long as Gerard finishes this year and then plays obviously the vast majority of those games, he's gonna track down Adam Foot on this contract. Yeah, he's gonna man. he's gonna he's gonna be right in that in in, in that area. For most games played as an abs defenseman ever. And by the end of that, he will have passed Tyson Berry for highest scoring abs defenseman ever. Yep. All of those records, like we're not talking about uh we're not we're not talking about retiring Tyson Berry's number in Colorado, of course, but when Sam Gerard is sitting on almost eight hundred games played as an av and he's sitting on four hundred five five hundred career points. You're starting to get into that conversation where you're like, this guy has been an icon for you. And again, if we're assuming a cup or two for all the other dudes, he gets a cup or two. What like Sam, like there's a there's a there's a world where you can see how Sam Gerard ends up as like one of the retired what, numbers. What happens to those numbers though if McCarr has two hundred less games played and significantly more points? Repeat that. What happens to do people look at Gerard's numbers differently if Makar is significantly ahead of him? I mean, if no, because 
I think you're talking. I, I think at that point you would be in the Makar as a Hall of Famer conversation. Yeah. And Gerard is probably not. Yeah, I don't think Gerard is either. Um, Chat. I, someone's talking about Adam Deadmarsh. No, no universe is Deadmarsh a retired number. Yeah, the if they were going to do that for Adam Deadmarsh, it would have happened. The answer is no. You, you're if you're retiring Adam Deadmarsh, you have to talk about retiring like Matt Duchesne, <laughs> and that is obviously a no. Yeah, like wow. he was like being a fan favorite is all good and well, but Adam Adam Deadmarsh had he. He already has been passed by Miko Rantanen in points. Yep. It's not particularly high on the game's played ladder either. Barely in the top 20. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that says him. Adam Dedmarsh, fan favorite. Uh, Adam Dedmarsh is, as a retired number, come on. You're never going to let somebody wear that number again because Adam Denmarsh wore it. Like, again, if you were going to do that, it would have happened. Yep. You wouldn't have let 19 guys fucking wear it and get concussions after that. (laughs) All right. So I don't think we came up with a solid numbers conclusion, but I do think we came up with that you can't. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be, look, you have to have longevity and like major Eric Johnson's longevity isn't good enough. So it's got to be some level of longevity, right? An undefined amount, but I mean, it's it's a balancing scale, right? Like in Peter Forsberg's case, you don't need longevity because the level of play is the sky. Sure, if you are the absolute, like if you're if you're if you're gonna go through life scoring a point and a half per game, like. Any longevity they get out of you is a bonus. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It is like, you know, there's a talent level that has to be balanced. There's a longevity level that has to be balanced. There's a how much time did you spend with this team specifically? There's a lot of factors that go in. There's no one mold that a retired number can fit into. Yep. It's also just one of those things where it's like, you you know it. Yep. Like you, there's, there's just a, a there's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's like a there's a certain profile that you can just look at and you can be like, well, did he play for the organization for a really long time? Okay, great. Now we start with that. All right. Well, Cody McLeod played for the Avs for a really long time. All right. Well, was he a great player? No. Nope. He was not a great player. <laughs> so then you move on. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. A, there has to be a combination of longevity and excellence, and it would really, 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 really help if your team, if the teams that you're on, was good. Something. Yeah. Definitely. Like, is Claude Giroux one of the great flyers of all time? Yeah, absolutely. Like, does he deserve to have his jersey retired in in Flyers history, even though he's never going to win a Stanley Cup? Probably, Probably, yeah. I would say, yeah. That's one of their great players. Yep. Sometimes you just know. You know what's crazy? I'm just looking at this. Uh, Let me do all skaters. Oh, boy. Here we go. In Avalanche history, 
among guys who have played 80 games <laughs> to filter out like some yeah, nonsense. The dude with one game and like two or, goals or, or like something. The, yeah. the field flurry who had like 24 points in 16 games. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. To filter those guys out. Uh, the top 13 in points per game in Avs history. One, two, four of those guys are on the current team. I believe that. McKinnon is third in Avs history at .97. Rantanen at .93. Makar at .92. So three of the top five are on the current team. <laughs> That's pretty good. And Landeskog is 13th at .74. Surrounded by <laughs> Sanders Oselinch, P.A. Parento, and Andre Burakovsky. Has him Kadri's 20th. Team's pretty okay. Jonas Donsko is 29th. That's wild. Yeah. Points per game. Kiel Makar has 81 points in 88 career games. Yeah. When, what's the next defenseman even on this list? Ozelunch or Bork I had guess Bork, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bork had seventy three and ninety four, and then Ozelunch had two fifty three and three thirty three point seven six points per game over three hundred and thirty three games. Man, Ozel was the shit. <laughs> I still think he's one of the most underrated ads ever. Fair enough. I just forget how exceptional he was. I mean, he was. His breed was much more rare in that day and age, too. Now and, frowned, every, and frowned upon. Right, right. Now every team has at least one, if not two or three, of that guy. But, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like Ozo because he didn't play proper defense back in the day. Yeah. Uh, we did have a couple more questions I wanted to get to. Yeah, let's tackle that. Um. Uh, thoughts on Soderberg killing penalties. Is it something we're likely to see a lot of, or was it more of a function of Donskoy being out of the lineup? Uh, I expect to see a lot of it, just given that the Avs like him there. I don't get it. I wouldn't do it, but the Avs like it, so I think you're going to see it. Agreed. Simple enough. Uh, this one, off the top of your head, AJ, I don't want to spend a lot of time looking this up. I looked up some of them, and I'm curious just who comes to your head. If you can name 10, great. Your 10 best prospects who haven't played in the NHL yet that have been drafted. Um, that haven't played in the NHL. Correct. Um, just in terms of 10 best or the 10 guys that I find most interesting? Let's say your 10 most interesting because that's more interesting. Um, Moritz Sider. Yeah. Alex Turcott. Yeah. I am so curious. <laughs> I am so curious about the Alex Turcotte thing. Um, both the goalies, Askarov and Knight. Yep. Um, let me see. Um, Peyton Krebs. On, on on the Krebs note, I will say I think the entire conversation around Caulfield, Newhook, and Krebs is incredibly interesting. 
Yeah. That's going to be a really interesting what if. Yeah. Several years down the line, especially knowing that. Two, two footnotes from that. And I know I've brought them up before, but I will take this opportunity to reiterate them. Yep. Um, had Caulfield been taken or had Caulfield been on the board for the Avs, they like new, yeah. new hook had been taken, they would have taken Krebs. Yep. Which would have been interesting. What a, what a universe. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe Caulfield goes to Vegas. Then they get another. You'll never know, game, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what I am really the other the other aspect of that is what if Doc had been an Av as as was the plan? Yeah. Byram goes to Chicago. Uh, Doc goes to Colorado. Does Newhook still go at sixteen? Do they so try and or, find a or D do they there? or do they go do they go with the D or do they go with Krebs and say these are our centers for the future? This is like this is our one two three going down the middle and they're just dominant at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, the spiral effect is is what we know they liked Schneider this last year. Are they more aggressive about that if they don't have Byram? I mean, true. It's so. It it goes so quick how the entire universe changes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I don't know how many I'm at, but a couple of others. Um, Philip Hollander, because that was the guy taken with the pick that the Avs traded down. Yep. So that's just a personal, like, I'm just curious. Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, from a selfish perspective, Cole Perfetti. Um, yeah, that would be uh, him, in, him in Winnipeg is is certainly an interesting conversation. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on last year's guys, the twenty twenty guys. Yeah, like sure, all of them, right? That, is it really fair? So few of them have played. Yeah, yeah. Um, also. Uh, Tomasino, yeah, Thomasino a guy that I loved, yeah. loved, and ended up in Nashville. Really curious to see how like Nashville comes together with with more dynamic type talents. Tomasino, Tolvanen, etc. Down the line, um, the return for the first Taylor Hall deal, Kevin Ball. Curious how that can, how that goes. Yeah. Just again, more of like a curiosity, a thing that I would like to like to see. Uh, and then last guy that I'll name, uh, Scott Perunovic. Really interested because like a fucking crazy, crazy awesome college career. Like just a dominant yeah. college career. Yeah. And curious how he ends up as curious where he ends up on the spectrum in, in the NHL because we've seen some of those guys like Will Butcher ended his career as a dominant defender and is hanging on for dear life in New Jersey. <laughs> Kale McCarr was a dominant defender and is a dominant NHL player now. Yep. So it's like, like there's a huge range for Scott Perunovich to fit somewhere in there. And I'm really curious, especially in St. Louis, exactly how that that goes. 
So, sorry, I didn't. If I took too long on that, my no, pleasure. that was great. That was a great answer. Much appreciated. Um, as a person who likes prospects, I, those are all guys that I think are interesting. Yeah, I I love it. I I love the in depth answers. Uh I know we haven't talked much to actual or live chat yet. So I'm curious if they have any questions that we can wrap up the show with. Most of the ones that I've seen are ones that we have touched on over and over and over, over, over so, time, or or we touched on earlier in the show. Yeah, either go back and rewatch this show if you joined late, or yeah. go search our podcast history for yeah. some of the more common questions for sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy to think that this is the lull right now in this in this current season, right? Like we talked about how. I've talked about how there's kind of a letdown after a long winning streak ends. Um, and the abs, to be honest with you, the abs haven't played particularly well in their last five games. Yep. Uh, they just happened to win four, four of them. Yep. Um, is this what the low looks like? Well, I think we're going to really get an idea of what the low could look like because Devin Dubnik is your starting goaltender for the next two weeks. Uh, the 30th, the, they will have to go through the Vegas series with Devin Dubnik and Jonas Johansson as their guys. Yep. That's just and reality. I think that's going to be really, 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 really interesting. <laughs> um, Because it just, it just means once again, the best on best we won't get, you know, the last, the last head to head series that these two teams had in Denver, there was no Alex Petrangelo. Yep. The first one was a combination of a mess of outdoor games coming COVID, off of COVID breaks and all yeah, sorts of nonsense. The COVID yeah. pause, injury issues, outdoor game, all of that shit was going on. So we might it, somehow these teams are going to play eight times during the regular season, and we will have not seen any true like best on best in a normal situation until maybe the postseason. Um, in addition to Cavs goalies, would you consider Nadelkovich? Uh, I would consider a lot of options if yep. we really, really wanted to get in depth. What what do the abs? If Philip Grubauer does not return to the abs, there's an entire league yep. worth of options. That's it's a... not it's not just what's in free agency to sign. Is it Freddie Anderson? It's going out and okay, try and trade for a Caps goalie. Try and trade for a goalie from another team. There, there's an entire league's worth of options. That's there. absolutely a show we'll do this off season if it's reality. Yep. Um, uh, well, I mean, even if it's even if it's not before he signs an extension, that's a conversation we have to engage in. Yeah, I, if there aren't more pressing things like a Stanley Cup run to talk about, for yeah, sure. Well, it also does depend because if they're <laughs> in a if they're in a cup run, we are going to have very very little time from the time that the Cup finals finish. To free agency, to, <laughs> to draft, to everything. Yeah. Z, Z and I were talking this morning about this, the how crazy the schedule is, and how in something like a span of eight days, they yep. go from here's your expansion draft list, list, which is going to matter, to the open of free agency with everything on the league schedule happens in between then. Yep. The expansion draft happens, the draft happens, free agency opens, all the teams make all their moves. Yep. The entire league reshapes itself in a week. It's going to be a hell of a week, and then AJ and I are going to sleep for a month. Yeah, we <laughs> legitimately might take like four days off and just be like, we're out. <laughs> uh, do because you think, like the Avs, we have been on the nonstop? Yeah, the drum beat never ends since February twentieth. So, this is our day off. This is our day yep. off, straight up. 
do you think Gerard resigns after his current contract? There's no way to predict that far out what the Avs are even going to look like. So that's six years from now. Yeah, six, go back six years and tell me what the Avs look like today. There's tell like, me how close you get. What four players? Not even four players on the team now that were on the team six years ago. Um, McKinnon, Lynn Landeskog, and EJ and is EJ. it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, no, Soderberg wouldn't have been here six years ago, would he? He might have been. And even that's a weird one because they just brought that him was, back. Like, that yeah. was Waz. Yeah, that was Waz. That was a Waz move. Yeah. I actually was the one that broke that signing. Bam. I remember because it was like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Swedish time. And it was like, oh, the app signed him to a six-year deal or whatever. <laughs> I was barely awake when I wrote that story. Uh, which team improves next year, or which team improves more next year, LA or Ottawa? I think LA has the bigger advantage because it's it's got the better goaltender right now. Yeah, I have more faith in Cal Peterson than Matt Murray. Me too. Um, so that's I think that's their X factor. Matt, I mean, Matt Murray is going to be a problem for Ottawa for the foreseeable future. Like, but I think that when you look at what Ottawa could be adding to their roster, um, I believe Jacob Bernard Docker just made his NHL debut last night. I think so. You add that guy, you add Jake Sanderson, you throw in a full season of Tim Stutzla. Shane Pinto is there. They just signed Mad Sogard, although that's probably more of a long-term thing. They're going to get another high-end pick this year. (laughs) Right. Like maybe they add another guy this year. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Lassie Thompson, but if they add that guy to their defense, that then they can remake their entire defense over with prospects. And if you look at LA, like LA has done a really good job of building a, a, an intriguing farm system, but their biggest weakness in LA is that they really haven't done much on defense. It was like they they were like, ah, uh, Tobias Bjornfoot done. <laughs> very weird choices there for sure because if you go and you look like pretty thin yeah 2017 the highest uh the highest drafted guy was mikey anderson who is a revelation for them by the way mikey he's anderson been is, great for them yeah. he is the shit he is Couple of couple of guys uh that i think are the most underrated in the nhl mikey anderson and zach whitecloud those guys are so damn good. Um, but then you go you go through like what are they what have they been drafting? They have an entire draft class in 2018. They didn't draft a single defenseman. Yeah. 2019, it was, again, Tobias Bjornfoot. That was that was kind of it. And then fourth the fourth round on. Maybe those guys become something. This last year, Helga Grands and Brock Faber. I really like Brock Faber. That's but good because I don't several, like Helga Grands at all. <laughs> I don't either, but those guys are both several years away. Is yep. what I'm saying. Like they've done a great job of building up the farm system, but they haven't done anything on defense. Yep. You have to you you just have to take more shots than that on defense. It, it, well, we've seen how hard it is to go get defensemen in free agency for years and years and years and years. It's it comes yeah. at a premium cost, whether it be in contract price or if you're trading for one in, in value of the trade. Yeah. And like they've built up a great farm system that can go and get help on on the back end. But yeah. 
when you look at how the two teams have built, I like what Ottawa's done better. I like the team that builds from the from the back end out. For sure. Like and then and then like what's the big feather in their cap would be the franchise of that's Tim Stutzla. Who might end up like there's a good chance that, that he ends up better than Clinton Byfield in the NHL. Uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. Um couple other questions we'll answer really quick here and then we'll get out of here uh would you guys prefer as a dip into free agency or go with prospects next year the answer for both of us is prospects it's it's been our answer for a long time but well and the answer is probably a mixture of both for sure like yeah it's look couts an easy plug and play for us new hooks an easy plug and play for us you still have a forward spot you can fill there with bowers but there's also a reality of maybe going out and getting a free agent forward. Um, exactly. Yeah. There's there's a mixture of the two that makes sense. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, which team gets weaker next year, Vegas or Avs? Avs definitely don't get weaker next year, so I guess Vegas by default. I mean, Vegas gets Vegas is going to be harder to quad. They get a year older, right? Yeah, well, I, and, I guess this is true. The Av, the only place the Avs get weaker next year, in my opinion, is goaltender. Well, so a couple of things here. Uh, the Avs, the Avs are losing somebody in expansion, and Vegas is not. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas does not will not participate in the expansion no, draft. Vegas arguably wouldn't mind losing someone, but <laughs> sure, but but they don't have to deal with it. That's true. Um, and Vegas, maybe their biggest concern is that Marc Andre Fleury turns 37. Alex Petrangelo turns 32 um, next year at some point. Patches like, isn't getting any younger either. Patch already turns 33. Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault are both already 30 years old. So their biggest problem with Vegas is that they get a year older. Yep. And. You know, when you're when you're older, when you're a little older than that, not like they're not like old. Like this right. is not like Dallas. You know, yeah. where you're just like uh, they have a bunch roster. of thirty-seven-year-olds on this team. Now. Yeah, like <laughs> this roster's about to break. Uh, it's not like they're not there, but you know, Alex Petrangelo at thirty-two years old making eight point eight million dollars. Mark Andre Fleury at thirty-seven years old making seven million dollars. Yeah, Max Pacioretty at thirty-three years old making seven million dollars. Like at some point they're gonna one of these guys is gonna underperform somewhere on their roster. Yep. And it's gonna hurt them because they are as of right now, they have seventy five million dollars committed uh, to an eighty one point five million dollar cap. And they Alec Martinez is a pending UFA, Thomas Noshik is a pending UFA. Dylan Coughlin is an RFA, and that's like kind of it for meaningful players for them. Yeah. So they aren't they aren't like facing a mass exodus or anything. It will largely be the same team. Yep. But just a year older. So will the Avs outside of the player they lose in expansion. Well, and the big difference with the Avs is that there could be real turnover. They have I guess in the bottom six of their lineup. Colorado has currently pending pending free agents, either RFA or UFA for for the Avalanche. Guys that matter. I'm not gonna get into Liam O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil McCarr, Connor Timmons, Patrick Nemeth, Tyson Jost, Carl Soderberg, 
Pierre Edward Belmar, Brandon Saad, Gabe Landeskog, Matt Calvert. Yeah. I think like, there's a lot of con- I'm sorry, I forgot all three goaltenders Jonas Johansson, Devin Dubnik, Philip Grubauer. So, like, they have a lot of decisions to make. They don't have the money to spend on all of them. As of this moment, it looks like they've got a lot of cap space because they are sitting on $24 million to spend in cap room. Three but quarters of do, that goes to Makar and Landeskog. <laughs> Makar, Landeskog, and then let's just say Grubauer. It's pretty much all gone. Yep. So the big turnover for the Avs next year is that you're looking at Belmar is gone. Soderberg is gone. Saad is gone. Nemeth is gone. Dubnik is gone. Which is okay because they've already got Francois who re-signed. Like yeah. Francois is ready to rock. So then you're looking on your, okay, well, you have to replace those guys. All right, well, who replaces Patrick Nemeth? I, it's already probably going to be Graves. Yeah. A combination of Graves, Timmons, McDonald. If EJ's healthy, whatever. And and EJ, exactly. Like between all the guys that are already pretty much under contract or they can just give a QO to, they're completely fine. That's, I guess the point we're getting at here is a lot of the Avs decisions, there is the option to replace them internally. Whether they take it or not is a question. That's where you say is, do the Avs Avs get worse at the start of next year? Probably. They probably take a step back because they probably don't have Brandon Saad. They probably don't have Pierre Edward Belmar. They probably don't have Matt Calvert. Okay, well, who well, then who replaces those guys? Let's just go with Alex Newhook, Shane Bowers, and Martin Cow. Yep. Are those guys going to be? Are how good are those guys going to be at the start I mean, of next I mean, year? The reality versus, is, you don't know. Yeah, versus how close do they come to their ceilings yeah. by the end of the year whatever yeah you expect them to be much better players by the end of the season than at the beginning of the season just because that's what happens with young players yep. who get into the nhl so i think the answer the easy answer is colorado takes a step back right away but you have longer term concerns about vegas and colorado replacing all their young all their all their older-ish guys with younger guys is not a good thing for Vegas. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if, if Colorado replaces their lineup with younger guys and even if Colorado could time stasis the team that they have right now and play it next year. And if they were 43 games into the season with nine regulation losses, like it's hard to do that two years in a row is what yeah. I'm saying. No matter who you're playing. Definitely. Like, uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, our St. Louis stumbles this year, the truth or an off year. And is Arizona finally on the upswing? First of all, don't ever trust Arizona to be on the upswing. If this is Arizona on the upswing, they're in serious trouble because you remember that next year that they are adding, like take out Vegas from the division, but you add in Dallas, Nashville and Chicago. Yep. Those are all teams that are like Dallas. Dallas will be better next year because they won't be missing Tyler Sagan all season and Radulov and Bishop. Right. (laughs) Well, and and they had the COVID problems at the start of the season. So their entire season has been Colorado's schedule. The playing every other day nonsense. It's been insane. So, no, 
I'm not worried about Arizona at all because I, I would take, to be honest with you, I would pick all three of those teams over Arizona next year. I think I would too. Now that can change with an entire off season's worth of work. And if Stan Bowman wants to continue doing dumb shit, but <laughs> even then, like I, all, all of those teams today are ahead of Arizona Yep, for me. So I'm not buying Arizona at all. Nashville. I don't know. Nashville. I just don't, I really don't know how to feel about them ever. Their talent and their play just don't match, and I don't know how to feel about that. And if they ever do, it, they're going to be a problem. I, the, Nashville remains in limbo until they solidify their goalie situation. Which I mean, UC Soros has – their huge run that they've been on over the last 20 games is because of UC Soros, yeah, first and but, foremost. But even if Soros is for real, like, they still have Askarov coming. Like, that doesn't sure. just go away. But that's their that's the answer. There's it's solidified, man. UC Soros like UC Soros was bad to start the year. Took a little bit of time off and then came back and has been absolutely phenomenal for the last six weeks, five weeks. I don't know, twenty games, however long that is. And I'm fine with like I'm have always been a UC Soros fan. So this, for me, this is just confirmation bias. I think he's actually good. But how good are the Predators? I like in stacking up in the division next year. The biggest loser here is Minnesota. Minnesota no longer has a free ride. Yep. And all of this is started with a question about St. Louis. Well, St. Louis is in a really weird spot because they have some serious money coming off the books that they're going to be able to spend it, but it's not going to be a very good market. And they're arguably their best move might be to just bring back their own guys. How much better do they get? I just don't know. I mean, the eternal question for me with St. Louis is who is Jordan Bennington? Yeah. Because he's shown flashes of the great goaltender that he was this year, but it's never been in really consistent stretches for them. Well, and, and since that huge run, okay, 9-27 in the regular season, 9-14 in the postseason, 50 games last year, 9-12, 31 games this year, 9-09, five playoff games last year, 8-51. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like he's fine. I think he's an NHL goaltender. I think he might even be an NHL starter. But is but, he a contending goaltender? I mean, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I just don't know. Yeah, it's. I also wonder, like, St. Louis has gotten a, a great year out of Justin Falk, out of nowhere. Did he they, finally turn the corner ten years into his career, or is this just a fluke? Marco Scandell is getting a little bit older. You know, they've had a major problem with Vince Dunn, who'd been kind of a breakout for them. Tory Krug hasn't really lived up to that contract. Colton Pareko has been hurt. Yeah. What you know, I they're just they're in the, the blues are tough because injuries have overshadowed absolutely everything for them this year. True. That's been their dominant story, which means you don't really know what to make of them. But they're always they're always a I mean you 
you question where the success is going to come from. How sustainable is it? You mentioned Justin Falk. David Perron can't keep doing what he's doing forever. It, well, and the David Perron career arc has been fascinating because he was a good player forever, and now yeah. he's and now their best. He's their suddenly best player. great. Yeah, at thirty-two years old and making four million dollars, they're getting a point per game guy out of him. It, it, is, is Ryan O'Reilly the point per game player, or is he the sixty point guy in an eighty two game season? Like, yeah, well, and and he's been a point per game guy basically the one time. Yep. And this year, he's close to a point per game as well, but some of the other things haven't quite been as good as they have been in the past. So with and you know, and then with O'Reilly, it's still like. As we see, is he good enough to chew up Nick Benino or Joel Erickson Eck in Minnesota? Yes. But when he has to go up against the actual, like, top end of the league, yeah. Yeah, like the horses in the league, the guys that he, like, the big the big selling for Ryan O'Reilly, the big selling point is he is great two-way. He's a great two-way player. And he is, but even just looking at it this year, he is, but the defense has dropped a little bit and the offense he's it's still just okay. And the, look, we don't cover the blues every day. There's I'm sure nuances that we don't know to the conversation in St. Louis, but from an outsider's perspective, my question is, I'd love to hear someone's take on diving into the underlying sustainability of, of what this team is doing. Who, who are their targets for guys that are going to help replace? Look, I know Robert Thomas is great. I know he has the talent, but who else in that organization is coming up to help? Because we've, we've seen players like Sammy Blay not really become what people had hoped for from him. And like, they're, they're probably thrilled to have gotten, like the nice like goal scoring bottom six option that they have. Yep. But you look at it and you look at the last couple of years, Clem Costin, whoops. Big miss there. Like yep. Robert Robert Thomas, as much as we're like, hey, this is intriguing, you know, injuries obviously have hurt him this year, but he has eight points in 21 games. Yep. Like right now Robert Thomas is still more potential. Jordan Jordan Cairo Oh, he finally had the big breakout. 26 points in 42 games. Perfectly respectable breakout. But these are a good a good young player. It's not top 6 caliber talent. Right. And then you look at, you know, they've traded first round picks. They they draft Dominic Bach and they trade him for Justin Falk. Yep. And right now it looks like a good good enough move. But what's what's coming in their organization? What's yeah. the future there? It's you know, at at forward, it's still Nikita Alexandrov. Sorry, oh, my I'm bae. sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm over it now. He, I can just enjoy him. Being and like player, like Jig Neighbors in the first round last year is a perfect St. Louis Blue. Yep. But what was the question with Jig Neighbors? High end ability. Yeah. Can the can the offense translate? Yeah. Because him being a big body that goes and plays physically and does all that all. All of that is going to be easy for him. Just go out and be you, kid. But but it's it's kind a of, team of 12, 30-point guys. It's kind of like with, with Jake Neighbors, it's kind of like what it was with Lawson Krauss back in the day. 
Yeah. Is this is yeah, the offense comparable? Is the offense going to be the real deal or not? We don't know. Like for the WHL this year, you know, he produced insane numbers in ten games. Yeah. All right. Right. That's already a league that he could physically beat yeah. up because he's a machine. You already yeah. knew he could dunk on the WHL. Yeah. What does he do in the NHL? Does he have the skill level at the net? It, it, in pro hockey. So yep. they're they're going to be a fascinating watch. I'm just not sure. Also getting into the O'Reilly thing individually his defense looks good, but then you look at the with and without years. Yeah. With it's their defense is negative six, which is good. Without him it's negative eleven. So arguably making it worse. Arguably twice as good without him on the ice. Yeah. Now some of that will be, you know, because every with when he's not on the ice, lesser competition offensively sure. is on the like, ice. But also the PK plus thirty six percent with Ryan O'Reilly. Without him, plus eight percent. That's a lot more damning to me. <laughs> now the PP with O'Reilly plus fifteen percent without him, negative seven. So he makes that thing go. So he's good at he's really good at the special teams unit that you would not expect. And he's yeah. really bad at the other one. Yep. But he's still a face-off monster. And defensively still good, though the with or without use are a little damning. Yeah. But oh. it, again, it comes back to like if that's the best that you have to offer, if there's a ceiling there. You have to get a career year from that guy to do something. And it already happened. Think uh, any good prospects coming up for Vegas? Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs is the one. Peyton you- Krebs is the big one because he's a center, and that's absolutely what they've needed. Yeah. The problem is, is that Peyton Krebs does not profile to be a number one center in my mind, anyway. He's a two hundred foot two C. Is what he's he Ryan is. Ryan O'Reilly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. Who else they got? They have Dorofeyev, I guess. Yeah, and it kind of just depends on how you like some of their other guys. Yeah. You know, Jake LeCision uh, was a second-round pick. They they took Brendan Brisson in the first round last year, and I believe his first year at Michigan went quite well. Yep. I feel like I I feel like I saw highlights of him bombing home those one-timers constantly. Doing the snipey snipe that he does so well. Yeah. So they, you know, Nick Haig getting getting a full-time job is a good thing. Um, Zach Whitecloud getting a full-time job is a good thing. Even Dylan Coughlin. Cody Glass has been a – Cody Glass has been kind of a, a letdown for them. Yeah, he has not lived up to the hype for sure. Ten points in 27 games, so it's not like bad. It's not like, oh, my God. It's just he hasn't been consistent for them. Yeah, the I mean, Cody Glass not coming in and being the guy at center is part of the reason why they need centers. Yeah, so I mean, like William Carlson is a really good two C, and Chandler Stevenson has done a great make believe one C against bad teams. <laughs> like seriously, against bad teams, he's been he's been a monster. He's been a one C. But against the good teams, he has completely disappeared. Chandler Stevenson is a pub stomp champion. Oh, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> there you go. Easy. 
But um, it's really it's really Peyton Krebs, uh, and then kind of more of the same. Like Caden Caden Korzak's a guy that I really like. So, but but again, like you're talking about like a big defender that is gonna like he replaces Braden McNabb. Yeah, you know, like it, it does. It's not necessarily getting better. It's just getting younger, getting the same. You're you're again. Where is the super high impact coming from? Yep. And That's they've had to trade for that, and right yep. now I think they're in that same exact position. Yep. Uh, last question before we get out of here: Pizza Ooh, Hutter, just, Domino's, no third choice. They delayed the Canucks. Okay, why are they trying to bring them back already? Um, it was it was Friday, April sixteenth. What they delay it to? That doesn't say. Okay, so we'll see. That's a developing story, which no one should be surprised they're delaying them. They should just not with the Canucks. Let right. those guys be done. They just weren't making the postseason. They don't need to play 56 games. Yep. All right. Pizza Hut or Domino's? No third choice, AJ. Pizza Hut. Uh, with, the, with the caveat that I would prefer to not with both. I would pick Domino's for pizza, but Pizza Hut for wings. Uh <laughs> That's I, I I do really like the Brooklyn style pizza that Domino's has, but that's the only thing I like that Domino's has. So outside of specifics, there you go. Yeah, pizza uh, in general, I would say Pizza Hut is better for me personally, but again, right. would prefer neither. We take one day off, we get a five thirty game, and we rattle off an hour and a half pod. AJ, I mean, it's what <laughs> when you're in the groove, you're in the groove. Yep. It's the way it goes. People like when we we always get people asking us to talk about the league as a whole and away from the abs a little bit. This is what happens. We talk 90 minutes. Yep. We do it once a month. Bam. There's 30 other teams, soon to be 31. So takes a minute. Excited for that expansion draft. Yeah. Did they really? What? Anyway. I don't know. There's some developing news going on in the NHL, so keep your eyes posted. We are going to get out of here, though. So thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of you very, very much. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. You know, check out the DNVR.com. Other than that, Avs play again tomorrow night. You know, you can catch us live post-game there for all of the coverage you need. Until then, we'll talk to y'all next time.